0: Hey, welcome to Humble Bazooka, the video game podcast. I am JFlex. Joining me is Doomy Doomer. Yo. And Squirrel. Hello. What's happening, gentlemen? Not Not too much. much. PAX East ended.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a good yeah? That doesn't sound like a good yeah. It's always sad when PAX ends. That's true. I've never been to PAX.
0: Even though it's fairly close, I've never been. Boston, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You've your nice really close. Out. Yeah, so you've been to a few. I have. It's hands down the best convention ever. It's, really? Um, yeah. I mean, better than any Comic-Con, better than anything I've ever been to. I've been to E3s. It's way better than that. It's just... And it's not because of what's shown. It's mainly because of the, the community. Like, PAX mm. is for the fans. It's not, you know... Like E three is, is the, the corporate side of the video game conventions. That's for the, the publishers and yeah. and the developers and it's for the you know, the shareholders and everything like that. Like PAX is for the fans. So you get people there that genuinely love games and it's, you know, like minded people that just wanna have fun and see some awesome shit and like I've never been in a room with like, you know, sixty thousand awesome, like minded, friendly people. Like, it's just, it's an experience like no other. Friendly. (laughs) Wow. Friendly gamers? I don't believe it. (laughs) I know. That's what I thought, too. It's not like, you know, Wizard World or something where you go and you're fucking smacked in the head by people carrying, you know, luggage racks with comic boxes and poster tubes. Oh, Christ, yeah. And then they look Uh, at you and give you dirty looks like you got in their way. And, oh, so many assholes at Wizard World. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Wizard World. It's not cheap, either. No. No.
0: What
1: is Pax What's Pax is a uh, decently priced? Yeah, it's um I think it was uh it's like 60 bucks for a 3-day pass. That's not bad. Which that's is, not bad, at, bad all. at all. No, that's not bad. But they sell out like it's become so popular now that they sell out within minutes. Oh, Christ, so it's so, like yeah. uh,
0: it's like Comic-Con.
1: Yeah. And that there it's not like, you know, there's only well, they just added a fourth one now. Yeah, was, PAX South is coming? Yeah, to San Antonio in, in
2: 2015. Oof. So that,
1: that'll lighten the load a little bit for, for East and Prime because, you know, right now you just have one on the West Coast and one on the East Coast. And if you're in the middle of the country you're and you want to go to a PAX, you're going to one of them. It's so at least dash. now I think crowds should be a little bit lighter at the other two. Yeah. Because, I mean, how many people can really afford to go on, you know, Three trips a year like that. Oh yeah. So I think in a case like this, you kind of have to choose which one.
0: So at, like so, compared to PAX to E3, like the panels that that you get to attend, like are they, um, I don't say more informative, but are they a little more um, open with what they'll give out, like info wise, because it seems like a lot of E3 stuff. It's it's there is a lot of hush hush, even though they're still showing things. There's a lot of like, you know, if you're if you are part of like the you know a mainstream or a high press or the or a high level like blog site or something like you get to go like behind the curtain to play some of the games and do a little interviewing like
1: is it more yeah. open? and um to an extent you're not going to have the big publishers there showing off stuff I mean is especially at East because E3 is only a couple months away so you're not going to get you know an Activision or EA or Ubisoft or someone like. Unveiling a big game oh, at yeah. PAX, you're never gonna be here. You know, Fallout Four was just announced at PAX East. It was. No, oh. <laughs> you will never hear that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the, the big publishers, they they save that for E3 because that's it's a business and yeah. you know, the shareholders are depending on that, and it's you know part of the the industry. Um, like I said, this is just for fans. So, as far as the panels go, it's much more laid back. You're, it's not as uptight and you know, developers aren't holding stuff close to their chest. It's, you know, th- they're still not going to give away secrets just because the nature of the industry is so competitive. Oh, sure. Um I mean, like ridiculously competitive and sneaky and, and backstabby and, and shit like that. But, um, which you know <laughs> firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced some of that stuff. It's not, you know, it, it's shady.
0: You have to tell, but, you know, when you're done, you're, you have to tell, um, Doomy your Vex story. Uh, all right. Because that was. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was outstanding.
1: Yeah, that's one of many uh, shady industry stories I know. Um, but yeah, so they're not you're not going to get like big secrets or anything from developers, right? But the panels are much more laid back. It, like you know, if you go to like a Bioware panel, they're not going to tell you, you know, they're not going to secretly or you know, accidentally let slip that Mass Effect Four is in development or something like that. You know, sure. But and the fans there know that, like they understand they're not trying to get. Secrets out of the developers, they just want to ask questions and have fun and just you know, almost like bond like they're part of the community. So for the fans to be able to talk to the developers and just go up to them and just bullshit and have regular conversations, like that's that's acceptable. That's part of PAX. That's something you can't really do at E3.
0: Yeah, it's actually yeah. nice to hear that people are approachable.
1: Oh, definitely, everyone's approachable. Um, and there's such a huge focus on indie games at PAX. Um, and that's i mean i guess we can touch on that a little bit sure. later if you want to but cuz you know you wanted to bring up indie stuff but that's i think there's you know that's a double edged sword there mm. but um but uh, as for the um god i feel like i'm talking so much that's all right <laughs> no go for it so uh your first episode in Talk. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so here's a, a, a vex story that that uh jay flex was talking about um i used to work for acclaim i was a, an artist and designer for them Cut, rest for few years soul yeah before they went under um, and uh, th- we were developing well I wasn't on the vex I don't, have you uh do you know are you familiar with vex yes okay so it was a platformer game that we developed and it was for uh, the PlayStation 2 and Xbox and GameCube and um when you're proposing a project and like in the starting stages you have to send it to um, well, in this, Acclaim was our own publisher, so we were developer and publisher, but we still had to send it to uh, Sony and Microsoft for approval, I guess, to get funding, and um, and just get their okay, because it's going to be on their hardware. Oh, I didn't know that. So, is that normal? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Because they're not going to approve a game to go on their system if they, you know. Right. Because, um, I mean, any schmuck could come up with, you know... A couple million dollars and and fund a game, and you know Sony and Microsoft ultimately have the final say if you know they're going to allow it on their system.
2: So like Sniper, Ten or whatever just came out. Sony okayed that. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like. <laughs> anyway,
1: um, so uh, we put together a a uh, proposal, um, and sent it to Sony, and they came back and said we really like the idea, uh, that that concept is cool. Uh, We like what you're doing with the powers and everything. Um, The only thing we don't like is the look of this character. You should change it. Maybe do this or this, like change the ears, change the head or the body shape. We just think you should change the way this character looks. So the artists on on our team went back to the drawing board and redesigned Vex. Um, We resubmitted it to Sony and it was approved and, you know, all was good. Didn't think anything of it. Uh, Fast forward like six months later um, at E3, some of us are walking around the show floor and uh, one of my buddies from Acclaim comes up to us and is like, you guys have got to see this. Come over to the Sony booth now. So we Uh went over to the Sony booth (laughs) and Naughty Dog was doing a presentation for Jack and Daxter. And I shit you not, Jack was Vex. Oh my, oh my god, god. the <laughs> initial design that acclaim sent to sony for approval that that they turned down they gave that design to naughty dog and said we know you're working on a platformer um we like what you have we don't like the look of your character use this
2: holy shit so like naughty dogs they're kind of like in-house right
1: yeah, Their office was pretty much in Sony's parking lot at the time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So they, they were really close. They had a really good working relationship. Right. And Sony dicked us over. They gave... I mean, it, ultimately, it didn't matter. Right, right. It's just the look of the character. And it just so happened that, you know, Jack and Daxter was a much better game than Vex. So, <laughs> you know, it got far more publicity than, than our game did. Um, But yeah, that's just... There's so many other examples of, of, of uh, you know... Dickery? Companies doing shit like that. Yeah. That one's was just really ballsy. That's really freaking messed up. <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah. That 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 when I when you first told that story I was like that is I mean it just you know what happens I guess, you know, in any kind of industry that has any kind of creative stuff going on but that one just took to me it took balls.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that that's not the first time Sony's done stuff like that to us too. It's you know, they're shitty. I mean I can give you another one if you want or if you want to talk about something else that's fine too. She could throw one out there. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, I was one of the artists on All-Star Baseball. And um, we were... Uh, well, the baseball, the sports games in general are so competitive because, you know, there's a couple released every year, you know, from different companies. And usually the, the game that releases first sells... It, it has a head start, and it's going to sell more copies, even if it's not as good of a game. Um, just because... It, Again, the nature of sports games, if, you know, the, the diehard fans are, you know, waiting all all year, you know, from the end of last season, their, like, mouths are watering waiting for the next, you know, baseball game. In this yeah. Case. Even though it's, like, the same exact game. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but they can't wait till the next year. So when you're waiting that much for a game, you know, if one game comes out a week before the other one, you're going to get the first one because you're just dying for it. Sure. Um, you need your fix. <laughs> So um, so we had announced our release date for All Star Baseball for that year, and um, and then sure enough, uh, EA comes out and says, uh, "Well, we're announcing the release date for Triple Play, which was the game they were doing at the time, and it's the week before All Star." So we're uh. like, "Shit! All right, <laughs> I mean, we we kind of saw that coming, right? So we're like, "All right, whatever." Um, so we busted our ass and we got our game done well ahead of time and we went back to Sony and said um all right we're done we're going to release a week before triple play and they're like all right well you have to submit it to us for bug testing like we have our we had our own in-house um QA department sure it's really really good um and uh so we did all our own bug testing and as far as we saw, the game was good. Like, we were fine. We, there were no no game-breaking glitches, no bugs, no anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was ready to ship. Um, so we're like, all right, this should just be, you know, formality. We sent it to Sony. And uh, they came back to us and said, uh, you have a problem. And they gave us this really specific situation. They're like, if there's a line drive hit over the shortstop's head, it bounces twice, the left fielder is on this section of the screen the center fielder comes in at this precise time, the ball bounces 3 times and then hits the wall and then the center fielder picks up the ball. The game crashes. Holy so we're crap. Like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, did it have to be a full moon too? Well, it, it was this uh, precise thing that, that they gave us and we're like, "All right, well, if it crashes we can't ship it." So, um we, you know, the, our whole team, not just the QA department, all the, the artists, the programmers, the designers, even our producer, um, our whole team. And guys on other teams that were, you know, had some off time or whatever, they would come in and help test it. So we were there all night long, like for like an entire week. Like we, we had cots in our offices just because like during crunch time, you, oh, you, know, I mean, man. you have to spend a lot of time when you're making games. Sure. Um, so we were going crazy trying to reproduce this bug. And no one could reproduce it. We were, like, racking our brains trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Why can we not do this? So, um, finally, enough, uh, you know, a week went by or whatever. And we're like, fuck it. Like, we, we can't do it. So, let's just resubmit it and see what they say. So, we resubmitted it to Sony. And sure enough, they were like, oh, it's good. You guys are gold. <laughs> Aww. It, so, there was no bug. Long story yeah. short, th- there was no bug. They set it to stall us so that Triple Play could get on the shelves a week before us.
2: Now you work with Microsoft, also, right? Yeah. So are, are were they any better at the time?
1: I mean, I know things they, are different we today. We have any problems with them? Um, in the case of All Star, they and Vex actually. We like we had a, a closer relationship with with Sony, right? Because um, well, the the PlayStation two came out before the Xbox, um, so we started developing games for them. Uh, all-Star Baseball was actually the first acclaimed game on the PlayStation 2. So that was kind of our, our, uh, you know, experimental phase with with learning the, the hardware and everything. Right. Um, so the Emotion really Engine. Didn't... What's that? The Emotion Engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we really didn't have, at that point, a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth with Microsoft because we were just trying to get the stuff for Sony just situated and done first. And then, the, you know, the other ports came after that. But yeah, huh. it's, it's so competitive and so shady and a lot of backstabbing and, and crap like that going on in the industry. And it's, you know, it, it is what it is. It, you know, you just kind of have to expect it and deal with it. And yeah. I, I, f-
2: I, feel like these companies, they, they give the, the bigger publishers, you know, the first crack at things. And uh, well, it, it used to be like that. I feel like now like the indie games uh, are really coming out on their own and, and steam is really helping with that. And um, just the, the different ones I've played in the, in the most recent past, you know, like Gone Home or even like uh, Fez. I mean, Fez is awesome. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you watch that movie, um, uh, Indie Game, I think it's called, or Indie Gamers.
1: Yeah. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Fez and Super Meat Boy. and. Oh,
2: my God, yeah. those guys, they all look like they wanted to commit suicide because working yeah. with the, these companies, it seemed like it was just hell,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that that's, that's normal, though, because that – it is harder for the little guys to get published with you know and dealing with the the big companies because there are they are going to give first crack to the big companies just because they have the money behind it they're, they have the marketing power they have the, the promotion ability they you know it's just yeah they're proven for, I mean it's a business yeah oh yeah well yeah and did,
0: nobody wants to lose money in a business either so taking chances is hard, I
2: can see as being hard for wait so. Then why did Microsoft try to make everything digital if they didn't want to lose money? <laughs> no, uh,
0: like to what Squirrel was saying, you have no, no,
2: no. I, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm being, uh, I'm being funny, but not you really funny. Should try again. Yeah, sorry. I told you I'm under the weather. All right. Well, you brought up indie games, so there was yes. some, there
0: were some PAX announcements for indie
2: games that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I have my list. I can pull it up. Or not? Way to be prepared. I am prepared. It's just, uh, actually, oh, here we go. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sorry, Google Docs. Anyway, um, yeah, there was a couple. Um, they showed. I think there was was quite a few actually, but three really stuck out for me. Um, and one was, God's will be watching, or God's. I'm sorry uh, Gods will be watching, sorry, and it's like a survival game where decision making is key um so like if you if you the team of people you're with are anxious about something and your your medic runs off into the woods and dies, you can't cure a virus that could be in the next stage or whatever um, and it just sounded like really cool and it, it has a visual um appeal that looks a lot like. Super Brothers. I don't know if you guys have played that or have seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. Very, very cool. Yeah, very cool pixelated look to it. Um, But, you know, it it just looked really interesting. Not too many games today really rely on, like, just, like, real proper decision-making actually has an outcome. You know, like, Second Son has decision-making, but it really doesn't have a big bearing on what's going to happen. Like, sure, the story might change a little bit, but it doesn't really affect gameplay.
1: Yeah, there's no major repercussions in most games for your choices,
2: right? And they're playing it safe. I think developers play it safe yeah. that way, so you know, people don't bitch at them. I guess if they have to start over
1: in the middle of the game. Well, I mean, that, um, that's understandable. I mean, just from a design standpoint, wouldn't you be pissed if you're, you know, put, you know, ten hours into a game and you realize that something you did six hours ago <laughs> fucked up your progress <laughs> now and you can't continue and you have to start over? Absolutely. <laughs> I could not to. play the game again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Metro was like that. I got to a point in Metro 2083 or whatever the hell it's called, the first Metro, uh, and I ran out of oxygen tanks, and I was fucked. Like the save I was at, there was like no oxygen tanks. So I don't, I don't know what I was supposed to do at that point other than start
1: the game over. <laughs> I was completely fucked. I remember running out of green herbs at a, at a boss fight in Resident Evil at one point. Oh <laughs>
2: yeah, Sorry. that's
1: right. Yeah, that friggin' snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the goddamn snake.
2: <sighs> I remember those days. And those <laughs> were the days before I had money, so we didn't have uh, memory cards. Oh. So <laughs> I tried playing that game all the way through without a memory card, which is idiotic.
0: Oh, I didn't think it... Uh,
2: nice. <laughs> D-
0: did yeah. you guys see the game below? Yeah. 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 That I thought that looked kind of interesting, How uh, like how they were referring to it as Zelda meets Dark Souls. Except for the fact that Dark Souls, much like um, Demon Souls and all that kind of crap, it's like it was, they were just so fucking hard. <laughs> they made me want to bite my own teeth. But this yeah. one looks kind of neat, though. They do say, they are—they are, they were saying that death is permanent. So, like, if you, I guess your character, oh where, where they die, they die, and like you, I guess you can come by again, and like, oh, okay, I mean, maybe I guess loot your old corpse or something. But like, the like EverQuest. Or zombie you. That's the way I was understanding it. Like, it was like EverQuest. But I don't necessarily. I don't know if it's. You, come, you can create the same character again. Or if you, it's just a new character in general. Like that character's dead. Now you can't have that again.
1: That would be cooler. Wasn't there a game that did something along those lines? But every time you died, you played the offspring. Or like a generation down of your character. Oh crap. What was that? Uh. I'm drawing a blank on on what game. Well, it is it like a like a newer that. game or older? Within the last couple years. Shit, I don't know.
0: Huh. I, but
1: it's a neat idea. I think,
0: although the like I said, the you know being, um, you know, cranking the difficulty up there, but like Demon Souls and Dark Souls and all that
2: crap. Too. Well, those games they're just like,
0: <laughs> oh my
2: god, Dark Souls pissed me off. Yeah, I got to a point where I was, I was actually pretty powerful in like the. I would say the first half of the game, I got to a point where I was like just plowing through bad guys. And then I got to like the underground area, and there were like these big, huge, fat guys with like sticks, and that was it. <laughs> I couldn't get <laughs> past them, and I was like, done. I lost all my fucking souls. I was pissed. Did you and play? Did,
1: th- I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, Squirrel, so did you play Dark Souls or Are at all?
1: Yeah, Demon Souls and Dark Souls. I played a little bit of them. I just, you know, it. I applaud them for uh ramping the difficulty up the way they did. Um and I know they have such a rabid fan base. Yeah. But to me, it's just it's not worth it. <laughs> like, there there's games that are hard that are fun, like Ninja Gaiden for example. That was hard. That was a very hard game. Yeah. But I never got to a point where I was frustrated enough that I wanted to stop playing. I was determined. I I would die. I get my just I would get completely raped. And then, you know, I'd be like, I need to get better, and I would just learn, you know, combos and and counters. Are we? And, and, uh, are we talking about I, the first one for the NES, or I'm sorry, the uh, NES? Well, actually, well I, I was actually referring to the the ones on the uh, the uh, Xbox. Um, but uh, but yeah, the um, even the the old ones on the NES were were hard too. Um, but I never, even in the old ones, I never got to a point where it was so I was so frustrated that I wanted to quit. Demon Souls and Dark Souls, I just after dying like thirty five times, I'm just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> like it's there, there's because there's really, and I know there, there's story and you know in the the shit that you can read and stuff like that, and the world is very atmospheric, but there's really nothing to really make me want to keep going, you know. Yeah, so I right. Just, I don't know. So doing something like like you were talking about, where you know, if it's making an incentive to or not necessarily an incentive but dying and then being able to get something out of it makes it better um i don't know, they they need to be a little more creative with how they approach things like that and i think this one game that they're blow is kind of trying to do that yeah. instead of just beating you until you're dead and just <laughs> over and over and over again
0: well yeah cuz there's no enjoyment there. <laughs> i mean yeah. at the end of the day i i want to have a good time with well, the game i played whether it was you know really, really difficult, and I had a good time where it was really, really easy, and I just, you know, slapped everybody around just, you know, for a couple of hours and was like, oh, that was a lot of fun. As long as it was I will, a lot of fun at the uh, end, you know, yeah. I'm all in. But, like, yeah, Dark Souls, I was just... I wanted to throw my controller at my TV. I,
2: was just I like, will say this, though, about Dark Souls. Um, it definitely gives the player, like, the feeling like they've accomplished something once they get past the part that it was hardened to begin with, but since they, you know, did the grind... Uh, You know they they leveled up and once they got past that part, you kind of feel like holy shit! I finally got past that uh, flying guy on the rooftop. You know, so it was like almost a near stroke. Well, you didn't play it long enough. You couldn't get past the first boss. I was (laughs) (laughs) so. Although
0: although I did see something funny. I don't know if it was on IGN or whatever, but there was a stat they put out for Dark Souls Two. Did you guys see that? No. All the deaths. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was over uh, 13 trillion souls lost. Holy and, and shit! And over 252 uh, million deaths across the uh, 360 and
2: PS3. That's awesome. I love the fact that they take those stats. That's
1: great.
0: Well, it seems like they, they the, like like Scroll was saying like their fan base that they have just
1: thrives on. You know, They're just, just getting goddamn masochists. Yeah, yeah they are. I mean, I, I understand that the, the pride in, in saying that I beat a game. And, yeah, and there—I'm not gonna lie. There, there have been games that I didn't particularly enjoy, but I got to a point where I'm like, "All right, I'm halfway through this. I'm just gonna just barrel through just so I can say I beat it and I'm done." Um, I tried game, that with like, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever beat that. it? No, I gave up on. It. I was like, Fine. "Oh wow!" I was like, "I was too it. short."
2: <laughs> oh come
1: on! Yeah, I just—I mean, there, there's games where you, where you push through just so you can say you beat it. Mm-hmm. I think. Anyone who actually went through and beat Demon Souls and Dark Souls, they—that's really the only reason they—they they could have done it just to say they did it. Because <laughs> you know damn well that they did not enjoy their time playing that game. No, there was a lot of cursing. A lot exactly. Of... How, and how was that fun? It's not I, for me. It wasn't. Look nice though. It's not not only are are you paying you know sixty dollars for the game, but you're also paying. Another one hundred and fifty dollars for the three broken controllers, and two hundred dollars <laughs> for the window that you shattered by throwing the controller through it. Yeah, new TV. Possibly eight hundred dollars for the TV. Yeah, I maybe mean, an extra hundred bucks for the coffee table you kicked.
2: I think we sports took out more TVs though than Dark Souls. <laughs> if we're the being honest,
1: didn't put the fucking wrist strap <laughs> <laughs> on. Oh, or they, they
2: let their YouTube. kids play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, a niche, you know, but it seems like a big niche though. Uh, a lot of people seem to like this game or these types of games. Um so
0: Well, I mean the the Dark Souls. Yeah. Well. And, I mean just in well,
2: yeah. But I I'm more I'm more interested in playing I World. get anxiety from it, you know. Like oh. when when you you sit down to play the game, you don't want to leave your little your little fire <laughs> cuz you know you're going to get your ass kicked. So I get in, I get anxiety when I play that game. Yeah, cuz that's what you want when you play a game. <laughs>
0: There's a hallmark well, of a uh, good game.
2: Any horror, like survival horror, like, you know, it's dark, and you're creeping around the corner. You're like, fuck that. I'm not going down that hallway. I know it's down that hallway, oh, you man. know? Well,
0: the, well, they they showed stuff for, um since you said survival horror, for uh, the Evil Within. And oh, right. Wasn't getting a whole lot of praise at the...
1: No, it seemed like there was a lot of disappointment with that. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know what? Uh, I saw early footage of it before. Um... I think last year, actually, or whenever they first released it, and, and it didn't really knock my socks off. It looked a lot like the scenes from Resident Evil when you're running away from the chainsaw guy. Yeah. Um, and that I hated. I friggin' hated that about 4 and 5. Fuck 5. 5 was just horrible. <laughs> that's a game, you know what, Squirrel? That's a five. game Six I played. I, I liked 5,
1: though.
2: Well, 5, that's a game I played just to get done it, because I paid for it. I was like, fuck this. I paid for this shit. I'm gonna beat it, <laughs> and I did, but I really I didn't like it. You didn't enjoy punching a boulder till your knuckles were bloody. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> God, what the
2: hell? How could they have gone so wrong?
1: <laughs> well, you know, with with the evil within, I think Shinji Mikami said that, that he wants to kind of go back to the roots, and like Resident Evil was, which sounds good in theory. Yeah. But from Things what people changed. are saying about the evil within, it it plays more like uh, Gears of War. Yeah, and yeah, would, like, cover the cover based aspects
0: were bland. They were
1: saying, yeah, you know, like
0: everything looks nice, but you know, the it became like a. Sound, it sounded to me from the articles I was reading that it was like there's a lot of one trick pony thing going on. Like, you knew uh, you knew uh, at, at some point something would just spontaneously spawn out of the ground or you know climb up behind you. So like yeah. after the umpteenth time that it happened, you're like, eh, I can just I'll just run away.
1: Yeah. Well and that's and Resident Evil's always been like that though. There's you know the it gets you with the the jump scares. Yeah, you know like you you see a corpse there, and the first time through it scares the shit out of you when it jumps up, mm-hmm. but at, on subsequent playthroughs it it loses it. And that that's one thing I always enjoyed more about like uh, Silent Hill and the games like that. That absolutely, you know, Clock Tower and and Fatal Frame are the games that are genuinely creepy, and then it it makes you like nervous and your heartbeat rise when you're playing it. Whereas you know Resident Evil and Dead Space, um, you know, there's times where they're scary, but it's the jump scares that you know something you know jumps out of a locker or busts through a wall and you're like holy shit the first time you play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know subsequent playthroughs it's not, you know. Yeah, you it's canned, it. so yeah, it's always exactly.
2: going to do that, and yeah, it it, it does lose its flair. Um, Outlast is kind of like that, you know, in, in the beginning when you play it you're like holy shit this is this is scary. Um, lights go out and, you know, you can hear noises. But after playing the game several uh, playthroughs, you, you you get the sense of what's going to happen next. So you, you can almost predict, like, the, the scares yeah. in that game. Although I did enjoy it. It's just, you know, it ended up being not that scary.
0: So you think the Evil Within is going to kind of suffer from too much hype? That's like every
2: game today. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like,
0: because, you know... Because it was, you know, it, uh, it was supposed to be like, you know, to bring it all back, the the, the survival horror.
2: Yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw uh, the videos, I saw of it, I I knew that was just them wanting to do that, but probably can't market that anymore yeah. to people. I, I feel like the survival horror genre and the stealth genre are kind of hard to to market to publishers today. Like, if they're not running and gunning, they probably don't want to sell it you know um look yeah, well at splinter cell
1: you're not going to get the 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 big triple a audience with a survival horror game
2: yeah but, but i mean even their... look at like splinter cell like the, the new splinter cell that came out was crap compared to the old old, old ones mm-hmm. because it was missing all that you know like stealthy stuff that the other games had that it was
1: known for yeah that's why i'm a little nervous about metal gear like i uh, i i played ground zeros and i i like it yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it, but it's Metal Gear. And I don't think in, in today's day and age, with the with what gamers, like a, this new generation of gamers, it seems like once, I don't know that it's going to be as successful as Konami is hoping it will be. Yeah, I mean, they're riding
2: on the name, too, with stuff like that. Yeah. Especially with Metal Gear. I mean, it's Metal Gear, for God's sakes. Kojima, mm-hmm. you know? Eventually, when he stops making them, I think that's when we'll see that it stops making money, because eventually he's going to stop making Metal Gear. You
1: but I think mean, don't don't you think that that now, like already, it's going to slowly lose fans? Because you have to figure that there, the majority of people who are Metal Gear fans are people that are around our age that probably right. grew up playing Metal Gear on the NES and. You know the PlayStation when when Solid came out and right and then right. All, all these games. So we were you know teenagers when when we played these games. Um and now, you know we're adults. So, you know as adult responsibilities creep in, you know we have less and less time for games. Yeah. So it's sad but true. It is. And so we're. I mean now like it sucks because I used to play like, everything that came out and now I kind of have to pick and choose. Um, is being adult fucking blows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah going to work blows. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, the, a big chunk of Metal Gear's fan base are people that, that are at that age now where they have to cut back. And I think a lot of these people are people that, that when they do get a, get a chance to play games, they want to jump in and do something quick and fun. Um, and Not yeah. play a game that's going to take – Not not that Metal Gears are that long – But it's not the kind of game where you could jump in and play an hour and and get something out of it. Right, it's story driven. If you jump in the middle, like if you start playing Metal Gear and then jump in, you know, four hours into the story and play for an hour, you're going to be like, what the fuck just happened?
2: Especially with Metal Gear because it's making fucking sense. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. And I think this is kind of why cell phone gaming sort of is popular with the younger crowd, you know, because they can do it at lunchtime in school or whatever, they can come home and play. Whatever the fuck they're playing on their, their, uh, their iPhones. Can- Candy Crush or uh, Clash of Clans. I know my son's into that. And it worries me because I don't feel like we get the same value with those games. I mean, how can you? Know. Hmm. You know, And I, I don't like microtransactions. And it seems like, um, like, especially with Microsoft games, when they first came out for the Xbox One, um, like they were, they were putting microtransactions into those games. Games you spent $60 on. Like, what What the fuck was the point of that? Um, and I, I really don't want to see that becoming a norm. And, and you know, I think you're right with what you're saying, that things are changing and people expect, well, the younger crowd expects uh, instant gratification, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where we're more, I don't know. I don't know, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a reference tonight uh, about a movie, and... and my son wasn't gonna get it. I don't know why I thought he was gonna get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things where you realize, holy shit, yeah, I'm old. Well, anyway,
0: the metal gear it's coming out. The, so the that's only what like a couple of hours gameplay.
1: Ground Zeroes, yeah, yeah, it's out. Oh, it's it, out. It came it's out like a thirty ago. bucks, right? Yeah, it's thirty bucks. And like, at first, I was I was kind of on the fence about it, just because. I mean, we on one hand, it's like, do you pay thirty dollars for a glorified demo? Yeah, Um, (laughs) right. But at the same time, I mean that the game itself, like you could rush through it in ten minutes if you know exactly what you're doing and exactly where you're going, and and cut everything else out. But for most people, that that main part of the game, like, is going to take at least at least two hours. Especially your first playthrough, you don't know where the enemies are. You don't. I mean, you have to be stealthy. You kind of have to pay attention to your surroundings. It's going to take you at least three hours, or at least two hours, to get through this mission. And then once it's done. There's a bunch of, like, side ops missions that you can play as well. Um, uh, okay. So, realistically, this game is probably a good four or five hours. And when you look at it compared to, like, you know, God of War, for example, which is, you know, a six to eight hour game. Right. And I had no problem paying 60 bucks for that. It was a great game. Right. So when you compare them, it's really no different. So if people, people, all, all these people are bitching that, you know, I'm not paying thirty dollars for a demo. Well, you paid sixty for God of War, and is it really that different? That's a good point. Yeah. It really
0: huh. is. No, I was just curious. I, I I got the uh, Ground Zeroes confused with the one. There was is that was
1: Phantom it? Pain? That's it. Well, yeah. That well, Ground Zeroes is the the prelude to Phantom Pain. Yeah.
0: Right. All right. <laughs> I need you need like a play card, to kind of <laughs> yeah. <contract laughs> well, it's, it's Metal Gear. Metal up, Gear is insane. Keep up,
1: keep up metal gear, <laughs> you know. Oh, even the release schedule doesn't make sense. Oh okay. yeah. no.
0: <laughs> so was there anything this year, uh, PAX East that you saw, Squirrel, that you were, that uh, you thought was kind of cool?
1: Um, I'm looking forward to Transistor. That looked neat. That yeah, really did and look that's, neat. Like, I loved Bastion. Right. And this is by the same guys. Um, it does look really, really cool. Um, the same... Uh, similar art style, um, but just the way the game is, is played is, is unique and really, really cool. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, and th- this may sound kind of weird, but one thing that I'm really looking forward to now mm. after PAX is Diablo 3 on the PlayStation 4. Oh, is, what? <laughs> I, well, hear me out. All right. <laughs> I, I played, Get him. I, I got Diablo 3 at launch for the PC. And... I, I played it for a while, and it was a clusterfuck at launch. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fucking mess. But the the game itself, I enjoyed. Um, it's just all the, the the auction house and the, the real money shit, and yeah, and the problems with loot and and everything, and having to, the always online thing. And I mean, there were so many issues with that game that weren't related to the actual game itself. The the main game was fun. Um, but now they're they're releasing it on the PS4. With, um, it's a, it's a, you know, I don't know what the ultimate edition or whatever. So it has the expansion with it, but they're doing lots of cool things with the PlayStation network. Like, um, there's, they will, uh, randomly spawn these like weird, like unique named monsters. And if this monster kills you, it'll then jump to the game of someone on your friends list who has Diablo also. Really? That's cool. It, It levels up and then jumps to them. So, it's stronger. If it kills them, it'll level up and jump to someone else's game. And eventually, it could come back to your game. And if it comes back to you, chances are it killed, like, 10 or 20 other people on your friends list. Oh, damn. So, you better have fucking leveled up by the time this thing (laughs) comes back to you. Or run like hell. (laughs) Exactly. Um, There's also these uh, legendary chest drops that are are really rare. But if you find one of them, um, not only do you get, like, a legendary item inside, but it'll also give uh level specific items to everyone on your friends list
2: get the hell out so of here like
1: if i'm like you know level 30 and i get you know i find one of these chests and i get you know some kick-ass level 30 legendary weapon and if you're like level two if you just started the game you will get a, a scaled down level two bonus item like f- specifically for your character just because i found that chest
0: dude that's awesome
1: yeah yeah so they're cool.
0: doing really cool things
1: with the psn and I don't know, it just it it's kind of making it making me interested in it again.
0: What are they going to ding you for um uh like mo- is it going to be a monthly uh, uh no. fee? No.
1: nope. just the the cost of being on the PSN.
0: Really? Yeah, I like that cuz Elder Scrolls is hitting you for what? Aren't they hitting uh, you uh,
1: that that's 15 a month. 15 a month. Uh, oh, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah.
2: I I I don't know. I mean <laughs> I mean I'm I'm not a huge uh MMO fan, but I, I do like Elder Scroll games a lot, actually. I I think I rebought Oblivion on every console it came out on, <laughs> one time or another. Um, what are your thoughts on this uh, monthly charge? Do you think people are going to pay it, or do you think it's going to eventually go to free to play?
1: On Elder Scrolls? Yeah. Um, I've been playing it a lot lately, and uh, I'm really enjoying it much more than I thought I would. Was, I was in the beta, and it was a mess, and I. At the time I played in the beta, I was pretty much convinced that I'm not going to buy this at launch. Right. Um, it's just, it's not good enough. It was a really dumbed down and ugly version of Skyrim. <laughs> that's what I heard from the beta. And, yeah. And that that's, and that that's how it was in the beta. And I don't know what came over me, but you know, it was the, the early access period was about to start and I wasn't playing an MMO and I'm the kind of person, like I always need an MMO to play. Even if it's shitty, if it, if there's nothing out then i'll maybe jump into a free-to-play one because i i kind of always need an mmo like runescape Um,
0: or guild wars (laughs) yeah
1: um so i was like what the hell so i just i kind of blindly jumped in and i'm really glad i did because from the period in the beta i played to launch huge changes um Uh, first of all graphically it's it's much prettier um and just the little things they fixed that made a huge difference like the um like hitboxes on enemies. It makes combat so much more satisfying. Um, when I first play in the first phase of the beta that I played in, it was all first person. So now I can zoom, zoom out to. And first person in Elder Scrolls is great in single player for immersion. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're doing PvP or something like that, there's no fucking way. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't play a game like that in first person. No. So just being able to, to zoom out and play in third person, it's, you know, immediately that adds. So much more playability and value to the game. Um, so many other things like the, the quests are fun. It's I'm really, really enjoying it. And I think normally I don't have a problem with a monthly charge for MMOs as long as it keeps keeps giving content and it, it right. keeps things fun. Um, you know, there, there's some MMOs that you know you get to level cap and and there's just nothing else to do. And I mean, why am I gonna pay fifteen bucks to fucking stand in town and bullshit with people I don't like? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so so but, um, you think uh, it's definitely worth the fifteen?
1: As of right now, I would say yes. Um, Do you foresee? But something? I, I'm not, I'm not level cap yet, so I've been kind of taking my time and exploring the world. And right, uh, I have a couple characters I've been kind of going back and forth on, so I haven't reached a level cap on either one of them. But everything I've played has been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. The only, I mean, like, and I played Final Fantasy fourteen a lot too, uh, the Realm Reborn since it you know relaunched, mm-hmm. and I love that also, and they both have their pluses and minuses. Um, but I'm kind of feeling right now like as much as I'm loving Elder Scrolls, I'm getting that itch to go back to Final Fantasy again just because I like the world more. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, yeah. like I've been a Final Fantasy fan since the NES days. Like I've played. Every Final Fantasy, even the shitty ones on the Game Boy and, and the DS and, and, you know, fucking Mystic Quest and... The tactics and all, all that. that. Yeah, I've played everything. So Final Fantasy always has a special place in my heart. So just being able to be in a world with, you know, the Chocobos and Moogles and all that <laughs> other shit, it's, you know, I kind of itch for that because Elder Scrolls, while everything about it is good, it it's that, you know, Elder Scrolls world where it's kind of a little darker and... Game of Thronesy, I don't Game of Thronesy, and it it just it doesn't have as much personality, right? As Final Got Fantasy you. does, so that that's really the only thing about it that I can say that I'm kind of leaning back to Final Fantasy over. But aside from that, I, I like I said, I'm really enjoying the game so far, much more than I thought I would.
2: Yeah, that's what I've been hearing from people I know who have it, um, and the same surprise they they have as as you have had, and uh, you know even my son, Doomy Junior. <laughs> he, he, he keeps bothering me about this game. He says, "Please, please get this for me." I'm like, "No, it's got a monthly charge. There's no way I'm paying $15 a month for you to just stand around town and talk to people you don't like." <laughs> you know? uh. Well, the first thirty days are free. I mean, you still right. pay for the game. It's right. Not,
1: I mean, I think that would be people would be more inclined to jump in if the client were free and then had the monthly charge. But absolutely, you know, you're paying sixty bucks for the game up front, and you do get the free month as far as the subscription goes. But then, you know. Yeah,
0: at least to give you something, I guess. But it sounds yeah. like Diablo would be mu- as you would think Diablo, the way you've described it, will be better.
1: It's like, a different type of game. I I mean, mean, it's like, not a standard MMO. No,
0: no. But I mean, it sounds like a, that. Like it's more. Of, but I mean, it's a vast game. Like so, it's, is that going to like pull you away?
1: Um, I I wouldn't consider Diablo an MMO. Like, I know technically it is, there's, you know, you can do, there's a drop-in, drop-out multiplayer and, mm. and everything. But to me, that's not an MMO. Like, right. You know MMO to me is, you know, Elder Scrolls or Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft or, you know, something like that. Right, um, right. So, I wouldn't drop playing Elder Scrolls for Diablo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may drop Elder Scrolls for, you know, something else down the road, but... Like EVE? Oh fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> that game, Jesus Christ.
2: Uh,
1: Plant Side it. two.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really I guess it's an MMO, but Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah.
0: Well that's cool. I mean I, I it's, it's so I, I guess they I guess in they, were, they they took a lot of what was uh Discovered during the during the uh, beta to heart, then.
2: That's why they have betas, yeah. yeah. Well, well, there's sometimes
0: like you know you've seen a beta come out and you know the fan base and all that people give Titanfall. opinions and then the <laughs> nothing really happens. Well, no, I anything. I shouldn't say that.
2: I, I Titanfall, I feel like it went worse because people made it worse, but <laughs> <laughs> too much kicking involved.
0: <laughs> Titanfall, I had a lot of fun with in the beginning. But now I have to wonder, like, why I spent $60 on the game.
2: Well, I still have moments, though. I got to tell you, because I was playing the other day, and I was on fire, just, like, fucking everybody's day up. Yes. I was, like, sitting on my couch. Everything was melting around me. And I was just fucking everybody's day day up in that game. And it was great (laughs) at the end. You know, you look at your score like, woo, That was a lot of fun. Um, But there are those matches where you just get kicked, Constantly, yeah. or or a shot with that fucking noob gun. I can't stand that thing. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. No. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> and, and I know I'm just bitching because I'm losing, but
2: you know, you know what still. though?
1: Like I, and I, I kind of agree with you in that you know it sucks when you're killed by by people playing like that. Yeah. But have you tried playing like that? It really is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm not gonna lie. Like just running, just yeah, no strategy, just running around. With the, the auto-aim pistol and just kicking people and shooting and just running and jumping off walls and doing all the parkour shit. Right. Like, when I play like that, I, I generally, I mean, I don't have the best score on the team. I kill a shitload of the grunts, though. <laughs> the, the, the bots. Yeah. Right. Um, Which is kind of pointless. Always, I'm always top of the list as far as killing the grunts just because they're everywhere and they're so easy to kill with that auto-pistol. Um, but it's so much fun.
2: <laughs> i don't know i've I tried it you know and i i definitely have given it a shot a couple times but i just can't get used to it that's not the kind of sh- game shooter i am i guess i don't know that's not that's not how i usually play it I, i'm usually um like a, a medium range guy like a dmr or something oh, okay. you know what i'm saying or, or some yeah. type of rapid fire well,
1: to be fair i'm also the asshole in call of duty that would run around with unlimited sprint and knife people <laughs> You're that guy. See, that's why I stopped fucking playing Call of Duty. <laughs> it's because of you. <laughs> Thanks, squirrel.
2: No
0: problem. <laughs> well, the but the Titanfall's gonna have some DLC coming out in May.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, awesome.
0: That was kind of cool. The f- the free part that was kind of cool. Yeah. The um the hash- the that thing we're talking about you know where you can do hashtags to like kind of gather people to, like together better. Mm-hmm. Which I w- I was like uh, I don't. What? They're making it easier for you to find, like, groups, I guess. Okay. But... Is it, this is not Titanfall? Yeah. So they're going to have, like, this hashtag system going on. Interesting.
1: But do, do you think that's kind of a cop-out, though? Because that was one of my problems with Titanfall is the matchmaking blows. Yeah. Yep. Like, I'll <laughs> it will constantly stinks. Be, be, you know, put with people that are, like, fourth and fifth prestige, and, and, <laughs> and then there'll be, like, people who are, like, level three. Yeah. yeah getting first, raped and yeah and it's like the matchmaking sucks so instead of fixing the matchmaking they're giving you a tool to let you do it for yourself yeah. it is a cop-out yeah, I was gonna,
0: yeah. I was gonna, uh, that was what my, i was going to
2: ask you guys like is this really the fix
0: you know <laughs> for it's you know,
2: weird they, they keep talking about the you know the cloud computing with the stuff and how great the ai is and all these different things And i would assume that the matchmaking would be part of that but it's horrible yeah. You know I I feel like there's like no real honest matchmaking. I think it's just like first come first serve and they just put you together in that data center.
1: It certainly seems that way. Um it,
2: I don't know. Maybe maybe down the line it'll change. You know, I mean Halo when you know that first came out and you know Halo Reach <coughs> the first matchmaking was really bad for that too. Um and then they instituted some type of I don't know better matchmaking, and that got much better. So I'm hopeful, because I I don't hate the game. I actually like the game a lot. It's just that I get really annoyed with people kicking me (laughs) once
1: again.
0: That's fair. Yeah. They're going to let you uh, put decals on your Titans.
2: Oh, in that case, they can kick me all they want. (laughs) I want flare.
0: I I really didn't. That was one thing I never, like of all the different things I didn't like about the game, or I uh-huh. like thought like oh maybe if they tweak this I never
2: thought about needing decals for my Titan. Yeah, because you can't see that shit anyway. When you're shooting somebody in the face or j- you know even if you're super close to them you don't see their decals. <laughs> well,
0: apparently there's a big call for it. People want uh, to decorate their Titans.
2: This is what's wrong with
1: the gaming universe. <laughs> <That was laughs> fucking decals. Well, I mean, yeah. I know, I, like, yeah, you don't really see it, but at the same time I I like having customization. in any game I like having customization uh, yeah, yeah you know I,
2: mean, I, would- I feel like certain games I definitely do um you know i, I can't think of it off the top of my head <laughs> um I, okay well I'll go to halo halo is cool because you could customize your armor mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that but I, I feel like that you could tell you could say oh that guy's you know he's wearing the okay. the mark v armor or whatever um but the decals you can customize in halo they're so small you couldn't see them yeah, that's true. And just like Blades of Grass in games, they
1: fade out. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, eventually yeah. they'll fade. Um, level of detail. So you're not going to see it unless you're super close. And if you're that close to someone, chances are you're getting a plasma sword through the face anyway. Or kicked.
2: <laughs>
1: or knifed. <laughs> Squirrel. Sorry. <laughs> <Infinite> <laughs> Sprint.
2: Is that a perk? Yeah. Infinite Sprint? I I mean, I, I've played Call of it's Duty. Like, it's like
1: a marathon or something like that. Okay.
2: You were I don't all think over I... Call
1: of Duty Ghosts, weren't you?
2: Oh, no. Oh, God, <laughs> it's horrible. Absolutely horrible.
0: They keep dropping the price of that thing. Yeah. It should be well, free. Should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that one that one seemed to have a lot of problems, too.
2: That came with my bundle for my Xbox One, and when I bought the damn thing, I was like, God damn it. I should have just waited. Eh.
1: Well, yeah. like, I, I'm one of those suckers who buys Call of Duty every year. And I I don't know why because I know and I do the same thing every year I'll I'll play it like nonstop like you know ridiculous amounts of time for the first couple of weeks and then I'll just get bored with it and stop and then maybe if you know a DLC comes out or you know a map pack or whatever I'll jump back in for a little bit but then I'll inevitably get pissed off at the you know the the twelve year olds who yeah. just fucking destroy me <laughs> and then I'm because like, they have oh, no
2: life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But uh, Ghost is the the first Call of Duty that within the first couple of days I was just like fuck this like I'm I have no desire to keep going.
2: Now, do you think it's because you're just tired of the genre?
1: Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. I think um, on one hand that the genre is getting not necessarily the genre because th- re- realistically there's not a whole lot of innovation in first-person shooters anymore. Right. Um. So I think yeah, the it saturation. is getting... Yeah, yeah. it's getting a little stale. Like sports games. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so it is getting a little stale. And there were just problems with the the game itself. Like the maps were huge. Yeah. And spawning was such an issue. Like I would get spawn killed non-stop. And yeah. so many like issues with the game that that really should have never been issues to begin with. You know, when you put them all together, it was just it, it wasn't worth it anymore. Well, now they're moving to what every three years,
2: yeah,
0: or something. They're not going to have a call of duty every twenty minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, the dev cycle is, uh, has been shifted to three years.
0: Well, so maybe they'll regroup, uh, you know, and
2: think about what they did. They'll they'll have mechs <laughs> and parkour. <laughs> yeah, but dinosaurs. They won't be mechs, They'll be dinosaurs. <laughs> Which PAX? Pilot,
0: <laughs> ready, ready for dinosaur fall. <laughs> I would fucking play that.
2: I would I would just I would spend money on that. Was Absolutely. That,
0: well, they're not dinosaurs. That Evolve game's got monsters.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that that game I hear was uh, one of the showstoppers at PAX. Yeah, people really seem to like that. Yeah, and it's the team who did Left 4 Dead, I think. Yep. Or part part of that team. Um, I didn't realize, but if you're the monster or the, the creature or whatever, you have to hunt smaller creatures to evolve. Like, that's, I guess, the whole point of the name, Evolve. That sounds, like, really cool. So, like, you get, like, a good head start. I don't know exactly how big of a head start you get. So, you have to, you have to hunt other creatures down, evolve, and prepare for the four people coming after you to hunt you down. It's like Predator. It's fucking yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, that is really cool. That does sound, good.
0: yeah.
2: The, the problem is, not enough of my friends are on the current gen. Like, they refuse to pay the money for current gen games uh, and
1: consoles. They're all stolen, though. I mean, that—that's always, that always. Yeah. At the beginning of a console cycle. You yeah, know, I'm an early adopter. Start realizing that, you know, a lot of people are holding up because they, there are no, there really haven't been any exclusives that are worth buying the new systems for yet. I mean, Infamous, while good, yeah, is it really worth buying a system for? You know, no, it's I, like, I agree. Same with yeah. Titanfall. It's you know, I think once you get some of the the exclusives that are that aren't going to have ports on the 360 and the PS3, then you're going to start seeing more people jump over, especially during the holidays.
0: Yeah, well there's uh, I I I'm hoping, you know, that there'll be more movement, I guess game-wise, you know, uh come the holidays. But you know, there's
2: Yeah, what's next? I mean, I I guess it's Watch Dogs.
0: Well, Watch Dogs
2: is coming up and right
0: there's bound by flame, which
1: looks not great.
2: Yeah, it looks horrible.
1: <laughs> Dying light looks like it'd be fun. That yeah, that looks, looks really good. And uh, and destiny, well, that's not also supported. Absolutely. That that's, and I'm waiting for the, the inevitable uh, comparison between destiny on, these systems next to you know destiny on the old systems because, you know, it's gonna look like shit compared to the old ones, mm-hmm. or you know, the old ones are gonna look like shit compared to the new ones. Right. But uh, so I think that'll probably get some people to jump. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. I think, um, I think we'll definitely, uh I think you're absolutely right. That'll definitely bring uh bring people on. Although, absolutely. Um,
1: <laughs> 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 all you gotta do is just send a fucking memo out to all the frat houses and the bros will and tell the bros that, you know, oh it's by the way of halo. <laughs> there the you go. Bros. And they'll jump all over it.
0: <laughs> oh. Hopefully the uh hopefully there won't be a
1: frame rate issue with the Xbox or whatever. That that
0: poor system can't catch a break. Just like, yeah. I think I think Watchdogs is the newest thing that they're that the uh, it's not going to run at like high def or something.
2: Well, they they refuse to talk about it really. You know, like they they'll talk about the PlayStation Four version uh, up and down. You know how great it looks compared to the PC version or whatever, and then that's it. <laughs> and people are like, "Well, what the fuck? What about what about the X, Xbox owners?" And I think eventually they did say it's probably going to run at like 900p versus 1080p and. You know, I don't know.
0: I'm sure I, I'm, I'm positive that in the long run, there will be a: What's a yeah, But what's crazy? Between the systems but it's just, it just it's a shame that it just seems like every, every other like week there's like another like oh,
2: you know Yeah, but really, like honestly, like I feel like this hasn't been an issue until this generation of consoles. It's weird. Uh, the last generation of consoles, they all upscaled. They weren't 1080p. Mm -hmm. hell they probably weren't even 720p they just upscaled
1: no but I think a lot of it has to do with the how easy or hard it is you know to work with the dev kits for the developers I mean if you look at the the last gen systems um, stuff looked the PS3 was technically speaking and as far as the specs go a way more powerful system than the 360 but most games that were on both systems look a hell of a lot better on the 360 than they did on the PS3 because it's easier to develop for Right. Um, so, I mean, I think we're kind of having the same thing here, just in reverse.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the same thing with the PlayStation 2. I mean, the PlayStation 2 was really powerful uh, when it first came out, but it was impossible to develop for. And I think the PlayStation 3 had, like, how many cores? Like 10? Something stupid. Eight cores? Eight, yeah. And, and the developers were probably like, well, we can manage half of that. <laughs> you know? Um, and like you said, the Xbox, I, it was direct X, you know, and it was, they already knew how to develop for that because they knew how to develop for the PC. Yeah. So I think once developers start
1: to get it, you know, a handle on, you know, how the, the dev kits are working and just get a feel for it better. And every developer also like develops their own tricks as far as like, you know, just techniques and tricks to win developing games that they can use for certain dev kits, um, So as you know, we see in the next couple of years, I think those disparities between the systems are going to start to diminish. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I would would imagine so. I'm sick of
2: the debate. I'm sick of the debate. You know, I I just want that shit to be
1: to go away and them to start releasing games that we like. Yeah, that's all I care about. And it's the fanboys ranting and and you know, I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but I mean that (laughs) being a fanboy is so goddamn retarded. It is. Like, why limit yourself? There's good exactly. on, on every system. You know, you're like, oh, fuck Microsoft. I, I love Sony. Well, then you're going to miss out on, you know, these games.
2: And you're an idiot. Like, are they paying you money to love Sony? No, you're paying them money. Why, right, exactly. why the love? <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense.
1: And sure. do you think any of these people could actually, without any, you know, freeze frames or anything... Look at a game running on the Xbox One next to the PS4 and tell the difference between 900 and 1080p. I don't no. no. They to. don't fucking know. No. <laughs> no, I won't. But it's something that they, they can use when they, they start their fucking fanboy flame wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can understand picking up in initially one over the other
0: but you're but you're right. Frame rate's a big there's deal. No you know, if there's
2: a frame rate difference, I can definitely tell that. But if you're going to count fucking pixels, I can't. Yeah. You know, I, I sit like 10 feet away from my TV. I have a decent sized TV. There's no way I'm going to be able to tell if it's 1080p or I mean if it was if it was 480p, I I obviously be able to tell that. Yeah. But 720 to 1080 and my TVs are doing upscaling anyway if it's 720. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's annoying.
0: There was something I wanted to ask you. Okay. Uh-oh. Harmonix said they're going to get the band back together. No shit. <laughs> Do you guys even care that Rock Band may and Dance Central may or may not come
2: back? No, because I ha- I still have it on my 360. I'll just pull <laughs> that out. <laughs> I'm not buying another peripheral. God damn it.
0: Currently what? They're working on that Chroma game, like the, the musical first-person shooter.
2: It's
0: for the Xbox uh, yeah. One, right? Yeah, I think so. It kind of reminded me of Res, I guess, a little bit. With the yeah, whole, a little bit.
1: With the whole, uh... I loved that game. Yeah, it was it was a weird game. <laughs> <laughs> you know in Japan that they uh, that came with a, a vibrator? Wait, what? Res? Seriously? Uh, yeah. There was a there was an accessory that came with it in Japan where, and it wasn't even a, a controller. It like it hooked the controller plugged into that, and then that went into the, the, uh, but the system. Into oh, what? And, um, and and it vibrated <laughs> with the, the music. Get and the and here. there was like there was like a whole big thing where like, you know, girls were playing it with this thing fucking between their legs. This is awesome. Yeah. Japan um, rules. Yeah, really. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they come up with the best shit. <laughs> you know what this game it needs? Really <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, well, some some of them uh JRPGs or in the collectors editions you get body pillows and shit. So
2: of oh, the characters? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, o- o- otaku's right. The otaku's go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of um, cosplay at PAX. Uh,
1: cosplay is awesome at PAX.
0: Yeah. Oh, is it? They're...
1: Yeah, and it's the, people put so much work into this stuff, and and again, like I said before, people are so friendly, and it's not like like you go to Wizard World and you see someone dressed up like Harley you know, Quinn. The, well, fucking eight thousand <laughs> Harley Quins. But like you know. In Wizard World, you see some some girls half naked, dressed like Emma Frost or something, and you know, if people are like, "Oh, can I take a picture?" you know, like a lot of people take picture of cosplayers; it's you know part right. of the, the thing. And really, if you are cosplaying, you are kind of looking for attention, yeah. So, and then like, there have been times where you know we've been to cons and and you see someone like a half naked girl or whatever, and, and you are like, "Oh, can I take a picture?" and and they're like, "Oh, no, no, I am not," you know. I am like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, really? Oh. Look at you! a fucking mirror, really? <laughs> You're being creepy. <laughs> but I mean, no, at PAX, people are so friendly, and, and people aren't assholes either with their cosplay. Like, again, at, at some of these Comic-Cons at Wizard World and, and New York Comic-Con and stuff, you get these assholes with fucking giant props.
0: You know, yeah. like, yeah. there was,
1: I mean, at New York Comic-Con th- this past year, there was, I remember walking behind some asshole dressed like um, a Connor from Assassin's Creed. And he had the, the big, you know, the old American flag, like, on his back. Yeah. And every time he would turn, it would fucking smack someone in the head. <laughs> and it's it kind of so funny. Crowded there. You can't walk through the aisles without being, like, shoulder-to-shoulder with someone. It, it's so packed right. in some of those aisles. So this dickhead was walking around just fucking knocking people over and knocking shit off shelves at displays and stuff. And <laughs> it's like, know where you are. Like, have some fucking respect. And there was no need...
0: Uh, uh. For the damn flag. No, not at all. Yeah, or, or the Oh, oversized. he wanted to set
1: him up, himself apart from the other 8,000 assassins there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Th- th- that should be a rule going into any con, any, or any kind of thing. You can't be Connor,
1: you can't be Harley, you know? Yeah, but I mean, th- more importantly, the rule should be no fucking props that are going to piss people off. Or hit me in the head.
2: I've seen some crazy ones where they, they dress like Transformers, and they have like all these huge cardboard boxes with them. Yeah, it's really
1: cool. And and it's no problem when those people are like kind of standing like out in the big like in the foyer and like the big areas there yeah. where where people can get by. But right. if you're doing that and trying to walk through like narrow little areas and halls and stuff, it's it's just disrespectful and kind of ignorant. But um but you. at PAX, I mean the the cosplayers are are so friendly and it's just like I said it's people people aren't there to you know get attention or show off or whatever. They're there to have a good time. And they're dressed up because they they love what they do. And that's just the whole vibe of PAX is just people are there. It's like family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's You cool. can be in a line. And that's one of the coolest things about it is that, I mean, sometimes there there's lines that are ridiculously long for some of the big things you have to wait for. And at any given point in any line, you can just turn around and have a conversation with whoever's staying next to you. People like I've been in lines where you will just like – you know, someone will stand you know, standing beside you. You'll be like, hey, do you, you want to, you know, play a quick game of, you know, something? And, like, yeah. And then you'll just get, like, a group of people sitting on the floor. <laughs> of guess you what's know, in playing... my pocket? <laughs> <laughs> so no, you'll just get a group of people playing, like, zombie dice or some shit just, like, on the floor. Just while they're hanging out waiting in line. And, like, everyone is so friendly and approachable. and That's really cool. Like, at, a couple years ago at PAX, I, we, there were a couple of us together, and we just went... Met just random people, and there was like a group of like, like twenty people playing cards against humanity, oh, <laughs> and <nice. laughs> they're just like, "Come on and play!" So we just went and played with like twenty strangers, and it was like so much fun. But everyone at PAX is like that. It's a whole different world. That I had no idea. It here, I mean, it sounds like
0: PAX is like Heroes Con. Heroes Con like that, like that in Charlotte. Um, Heroes Con obviously is all comics, but. There's no mad rush for lines if you want to meet somebody or talk to somebody because everyone's there for the whole entire weekend. S- and everybody, like, there's no shoving. There's no, like, you know, if you go to, uh, I'm sure E3 was like this or, or and Wizard Worlds like this. Like, you'll see, like, a line wrapping around the building. You're like, what the hell are you waiting in line for? You know, and they're like, oh, well, so-and-so's coming. And you're like, they're all going to be here for an hour. You're not going to see them. <laughs> you know? Or or if you do get up to to see them, they're like, Hey, hey, you know, yeah, okay. You know, and you're like, All right, well, great. I could have bought your signature. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it I, I would like to get to PAX at some point. PAX does sound like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Have you been to the Tokyo game show or game? Uh, no. Yeah. No, I haven't. Ga- that that one looks cool.
2: <laughs> if you can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> well Tokyo's not cheap.
0: I don't want to brag, but uh they would, they would, they would welcome me since I'm probably taller than the country. Mm. <laughs> I would just tell them I'm invading. Yeah. Godzilla. No, that's 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 awesome. That's. Um, so, is there anything else from Pax East you guys wanted to touch on?
2: Uh, I had one thing. There's another game, another indie game. It was called Hyper Light Drifter. Um, and it, it sort of looked like a cross between an anime called ergo proxy mm-hmm. and Zelda <laughs> and the animation it 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 just looked like um hell combination. Like, uh yeah well, I guess the ergo proxy would be the animation part it just looks different to me hmm. how it's animated it looks very like simple yet animation uh, animation's very flowing very well done um and it has like a lot of uh, like like neon colors and a lot of punchy colors and stuff like that, but the the gameplay was interesting because you have like this dash move that you need to utilize to get to get around the the playing board or whatever. Okay. And more importantly, to dodge like the enemies who are a lot of the times like these big mechs or, or monsters or whatever. Um, and all alls you have for your primary weapon, a short sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's it. So it looked interesting. It looked different from a lot of the other indie games that are of the same genre, action and adventure.
1: Um, so yeah,
2: uh, hyper light drifter.
1: Have you noticed though, that with the advent of, uh, indie games becoming so much more popular that we're starting to get a lot of indie games that look exactly the same now.
2: Yeah. They're (laughs) all the same pixelated super brothers.
1: Exactly. I was thinking about that looking through, you know, the PAX stuff from this year and indie games have always had a big presence at PAX, Mm -hmm but um this year more than any other I'm looking at these and it's yeah there there's so many games that just like they're just clones and and just look the same as you know you get a couple big indie games you get like a you know a fez or a braid or or something that that's immensely popular and then you get 45 other you know guys in their garage who try to make the same game and yeah. and it's going to start watering it down and and I kind of fear for it because I think once it starts happening then I think Microsoft and Sony are going to start pulling the reins in a little bit and being a little more stingy about what they let on their marketplaces. A little more like Apple. Yeah. And I think, I mean, on one hand it's good cause you're, you're not going to get all that crap, right. but at the same time you're going to be discouraging the truly creative people who do want to come up with new things. So it's, I think it's a weird time for indie games right now. It's going to, I think it could go either way and it's, I'm a little nervous about the future right now. So it's kind of kind of wild westy at the moment. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah i I love
0: the idea of indie gamers being being having more access. But that is that's that is that is a legitimate concern that it, you know. I mean, how many Angry Bird clones were there on the uh, on the phones? After that, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. After that one made its you know made its mint. Yeah. And it got to a point where it was just like, you know, you just went through pages and pages of apps. You're like, uh, forget it.
2: You know? Also, I mean, do you think the definition of indie gamer is going to change eventually? I feel like some of these guys, like uh, the guy who did Braid, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's pretty well off at this point. Same thing with the guy who did Fez, um, the guys who did Super Meat Boy. And, like they've, they've made quite a bit of money. Um, but what what defines an indie developer? I think really? as long
1: as you're just kind of doing your own thing, and you know making games on your your own terms without having to answer to anyone and just being creative and putting what you want out there, mm-hmm. I think that's there's your definition. Not
0: to a publisher. I think
1: yeah. Once you sign that deal with with Microsoft or Sony or someone else, then you know you lose that title. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that that's what some people want too. I mean. A lot of times, making an indie game is, you know, the stepping stone to working for a bigger publisher or developer, and that that's what, you know, some guys want, and that that's fine. Sure, there's a little more stability there. I mean, not well. That's not, debatable like not too. a whole lot,
0: <laughs> but I mean,
1: it's you know, Actually, there's more stability in doing your own thing that, than working for a, a major publisher right now. Uh, yeah, you know. can't
2: fire yourself. Mm. Well, I guess you could. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I yeah.
0: That they do seem to have it. They, you're right. They do have a big turnover rate, don't they? It's huge.
2: Yeah. Then Sony just let go a bunch of people. Sony did. I mean,
0: yeah. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't see that they let anybody go. I mean, I saw it. You know, other stuff like the guys were on, like were on Thief were gone and well. <laughs> you know. Yeah. They
2: they got fired as soon as the game was released. Uh, to be fair,
1: I really can't blame them for that. No. No, no, I, I don't. But, you know, it, it's, such a, it's such a hard industry to work in. And, and I mean, that's, I mean, something else, like, I can speak firsthand on. It's like, I, I loved making games, it was a blast. I, I never had more fun doing any other job. It's like, if you've seen the movie Grandma's Boy, mm-hmm. it yeah. really is like that. It's a great like, movie. It's so ridiculous like, and fun uh, being a game developer, but it's not something you can really do as an adult. Um, cause I mean, you are there like ridiculous hours. Like y- you're there, especially during crunch time, you know, a hundred hours a week, you know, you have to have a cot in your office. Like you're not going home. You have dinner there. They it's. And if you have, you know, a family, it, it's really, really hard. You yeah. um, haven't when the game's launched pretty much. <laughs> and And not only that, not just the fact that you won't get to spend time outside of work doing anything. Um, but there, there is a stability issue, and layoffs are par for the course. That, that's it happens, and I mean I can't tell you how many old friends from acclaim I have that that have been laid off m- numerous times from just different studios, and they're bouncing around. And, and some of them are older now and do have families, and it sucks having to uproot your entire family. Your kids are in school and everything, and like oh, daddy got laid off again. Time to go across the country. Yeah, yeah, that would be terrible. I mean, thankfully, one of the good things is that, that a lot of developers are kind of located, like there's a ton of them in Austin, which is where I was. There's a bunch of them in California. There's a bunch in Florida. There's a handful in New York. I mean, it's not like you're going to be, you know, developing games in Montana and be like, oh, daddy got laid off. It's time to go to New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. So is it kind of incestuous, I guess? You know, like you kind of get laid off,
0: like everybody kind of goes like a round robin as, like, as layoffs
1: Pretty much, yeah. Like I, I've got friends that that all work together at a claim, and then have gone all over to various other studios after various lay, layoffs, and then have come back together at, at different studios, and you know, and separated again, and come back together, and it's just you know, I mean, it, it's as far as networking goes, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to meet everybody. everybody. Yeah, but it's it's not easy to maintain a career in this industry.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess not, and then you know. I guess when it doesn't help like if you do p- end up putting out like a game that's not
2: received well uh oh, that's going to be stressful.
0: You know, that, that's probably got to be the, that's that's probably gonna be the worst is launching the game and, ho- and just like I I assume you should probably sit there and just start chewing your fingers as you watch like, you know, the numbers come in. Do
2: you think they sort of know though? Like yeah. I mean, they've built this thing. They've got to know that it's either good or it's not good.
1: Yeah, cuz I mean, most of the most developers um are fans of games and they know. Like, for example, when I was on Turok, I was I worked on Turok Evolution and that game blew and we all knew. <laughs> it did? Yeah, it did. it did. The second our creative director came into a, a a design meeting at the beginning of development and said, Our main antagonist is a fucking cyborg Civil War general who rides on the back of a T Rex with a chain gun mount on his shoulder. We were like, fuck
2: Was he all excited about it though? Like, oh yeah. I got this great idea. Uh-huh Oh, that's
0: bad. Yeah, that's, that's a problem having... You know, I, now, I assume that he was very detached
1: from games in general to come up with that idea and think it was good? Uh, somewhat, and that, that's a problem with... I mean, that's mainly the reason a claim went under. Not that particular instance, but you're getting major decisions by people in suits, you know, in, an, in a lush office who don't know shit about games. The, their decisions are based on what their accountant says sells. Yeah, And sometimes, I mean, it is a business, so you kind of have to look at that, Mm. you know, to some extent. But you also have to remember that there are people actually making these games that are gamers and are fans and know what is going to sell. They know what people want and they know what people are going to like. And you have to trust them, too. So it's, you know, you kind of have to work with both there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if a game's going to suck... Nine times out of ten, the developer's going to know it before that hits shelves.
2: Yeah, I, I joke around and say that like the guys who did Thief, they played Dishonored a year before or two years before <laughs> whenever it came out and they were like, fuck. Because yeah. <laughs> this, this game is awesome compared to ours. Uh, yeah. Although I enjoy playing through th- Thief. Um, I, do. I don't know. I After I just Ignored the bugs and ignored the story, really really bad game, story.
1: Ignored everything else. Ignore, ignore the entire lack of personality in the whole game.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: The fact that everything was gray and bright. The ending didn't
2: make any sense either. Like I I, I, I kept playing it back in my head. Like what just fucking happened? But whatever.
0: I just wasted hours. That's what happened.
2: No, I didn't. I don't feel like I wasted hours. I've played worse games.
0: Like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Turok, Turok's an interesting game. Um, You know, one was kind of new with with that. I don't know. One seemed kind of interesting to me because it was was a little different than most shooters at the time. Like it it had... had, Exactly. Well, (laughs) they're also two-dimensional or, you know, look like Doom at the time, I I feel. And uh, when I first saw Turok, I was like, wow, this is great. Um, Then you realize that there's so much, um, what do you call it, uh, just, like, fade in, I guess. Like, you don't see the guy until he's right on top
1: of you. <laughs> You're well, like, oh, that, this is ridiculous. the limitations of the N64. Oh, absolutely. I no, mean, I, I understood right? it then, too. I mean, the, the, you know, the designers on the original Turok didn't plan for this world to have so much fog. It right. Just, fog. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, it just, you know, it didn't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. What do we do with all this fog? At least the second <laughs> one had the RAM cartridge. Yeah.
2: And And that one, it still ran like shit, but I actually enjoyed the second one a lot. You did? I did. All right. Yeah. Even with the wacky controls of oh, the N64. <laughs> I hate that damn controller. It took some getting used to, but, you know, once, I don't know, no. once you played Mario with it.
0: Uh, Nintendo makes crap controllers.
2: What about Goldeneye, though? Goldeneye was awesome. You missed out.
0: Didn't like the controller. <sighs> yeah,
2: well, what, uh, I wasn't an N64 fan.
0: You know. I picked better
1: systems like the Sega Saturn. <laughs> 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 Which lost its mascot. <laughs> well, you yeah, what I'm just saying. Still. I loved my Saturn. Huh? I loved my Saturn. Well, so did I. Yeah, I, I, st- I still, I still have, have mine.
0: Yeah. I still have all, like, 40 games.
2: One of my friends back in school stole my RAM cartridge for all my Japanese games, the bastard.
0: Yeah, you can't trust those art school rejects.
2: <laughs> no, this is back in high school. Oh. Even more rejects.
0: Yeah, I know you're in high school. Very much so. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. Alrighty. You know, unless, unless you guys had anything else from Pax you wanted to bring up or. No, that that really. covers it for me. Right. Right. Not gonna, not all puckered up about Homeworld being remastered.
1: Hey, excited that Star Citizen just made even freaking more money! Holy crap! How much? They're at like forty-five million or I was something say, like
0: that. Like last I checked, they were like just over forty. They're at forty-five now.
1: It's something ridiculous like that, yeah.
0: It, how much over is that from a <laughs> typical budget? That's
1: crazy. I mean, it depends. I mean, for if you're considering it an indie game, it's way over. See, you know, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, well, how many people are working on that game? Like, I. I I don't know. I, mean. I only ever hear from that one dude. Yeah.
0: You never. I never. I don't know anything like people. I mean, the game looks cool, like, from the... But, uh, you know, for, like, for what? For, like, the longest time now, you could just run around your hangar
2: <laughs>
0: or sit in your cockpit or whatever
2: it was? Well, they didn't meet all their stretch goals yet, so... They didn't? No, they have one up for $5 million. Wait. Oh, wait, yes, they did. Uh, mission yeah, achieved, mission forth, achieved, they're, yeah, they're mission achieved, holy shit, oh, oh my god, you're right. That's the weird, because the, the counter now. doesn't, 42, oh my god, that's a lot of money. Because <laughs> uh, I'm looking at their, their Kickstarter, and it doesn't have that number. It doesn't go that high. Yeah, they, they broke the ticker.
0: They broke Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah,
2: 42 million.
0: Christ, uh, I mean... I guess I guess in this particular case, it's great that they, they're not beholden to a publisher and they can that's a lot of money. They can spend the money as they see fit and hopefully put out a really really kick-ass game.
2: I would feel really nervous if I was them, like
1: that's, I don't know, that's a lot of money. You've got to figure that expectations are pretty high at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I kind of on one hand though, I feel like I wish it was a game that I actually wanted to play that was making this much money. Exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm never going to play this game.
0: Yeah, I don't... I mean, there's no release date yet for it, is there? No. So. Just when it's done. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's usually how they are.
0: So you could, have <laughs> Oh, boy. You could have piled in a lot of money and be waiting a long time. Yeah. By the time it comes out, it might be outdated.
2: Yeah. Mm, that would be fun. Yeah, that's true. Star Citizen. Hmm. Well, I mean, I...
0: Well, it reminds me of
2: Colony Wars. Which what, what? It reminds me of Colony Wars. Oh, yeah.
0: I forgot about that game. Yeah. Well, maybe Sid Meier's uh, Civilizations Beyond Earth will give it a run. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll have the $45 million do, dollar backing, but. Do people still play Civ games? Apparently. I mean. The, yeah, they do.
2: The fifth one wasn't
0: that long ago. Oh. I I haven't touched one in. Uh.
2: Yeah, it's been a long time.
0: Uh, yeah, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think hard drives are in gigs yet.
2: I was gonna say my hard <laughs> drive in that thing was not a gig. <laughs> so. so,
0: but oh, but you know, before we go, Squall, I wanted to ask you something.
1: Mhm.
0: Since you've been on the, de- the dev end,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when the game gets delayed, I, I is it that much more stress that gets, falls onto you guys? You know, or is it more, of a, or is it a
1: slight relief that you're like, okay, we got a little more time. Um, it depends on what your job is, because um, if it's getting close to release, if you're an artist or a designer, chances are your work is pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Um, if something is getting delayed because it's not finished, it's usually a programming issue. Um, so I mean, there's games that I've worked on that you know, as it gets you know we're we're in crunch time and we have to finish everything and you know we're a couple of weeks before we have to submit to the publishers you know once the art's done that's it like our job is done we can just fuck around i mean normally like in in our studio's case we would help out with testing and do other things just to give a hand to everyone else oh yeah um but it's usually the programmers who are the ones stressing out and cuz whatever problems that are causing the delay they have to fix it They have no choice, Mm -hmm. and they're not going home until it's fixed. So you know it's much more stressful for them. Whereas you know on our end it's a little more laid back.
0: That's cool because because has been delayed. You know Destiny got pushed back a little bit. You know so I was just just made me say I I prefer if if it means that in the end the game will be that much better. You know then I'm go ahead and delay it. You know I'd rather not. Have the game come out on time? Me drop to sixty dollars and then walk away, going, "Wow, that just sucked."
1: Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, every game that's not done would be delayed yeah. and you know, and and polished. But the reality is, like I said earlier, it is a business, and there are times where you know you need to release a game in this quarter. You know, because if you know, like a lot of d- publishers would rather. Say release a game in, uh, you know, and say the the summer, and sell you know say I don't know eight hundred thousand copies, mm-hmm. then release it in you know the fall where it's competing with a bunch of other games and they would only they wouldn't you know or and they might sell more but it would just get lost in the shuffle like it's it's a really weird thing there where you know. I mean, I'm not an accountant, and, right, yeah. You know, I, but there's there's reasons that you know for you know why some games are pushed out before they're done, and it's it's usually it usually has nothing to do with the fact that you know you know sometimes you hear people complaining, oh, you know, all oh, the developers are lazy; they just push this out because you know they they didn't work hard, they didn't do this or do that, and most times that's not really the case. Like I said, if you're a developer, chances are you love what you do. And you will put everything you've got into making this game awesome. Um, I mean, that's, that's why I made games. That's why I went into making games. Because, you know, I love games. And as a kid, I mean, I, I, that was... like I, Just knowing that I could do something to give, you know, a kid out there the kind of enjoyment that I got as a kid. Like, that, it's part of the, the love of making games. So the actual developers, the artists and the designers and the programmers, even the sound guys and everything, th- those guys love what they do, and they're not being lazy and just putting something out there unfinished. If something's going out there unfinished, it's usually, you know, someone's decision that's, you know, in a lush office in a suit, smoking cigars, and says, (laughs) oh, this is when it has to go out, because this is when we need to meet our goals. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Uh, (laughs) And that's why Acclaim is no more. (laughs) 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 Well, (laughs) among some other decisions. Put that Uh, on the wiki. (laughs) All right,
0: guys, this was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So,
0: let us know what games you were th- you were excited about from PAX, any of the indie stuff that came through, or any other things that you saw that you liked. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com/humblebazooka, or go to humblebazooka.com and find everything there. And until next time, bye bye.
1: See you. Later.